On today's episode of The Bench Report, we do a recap of the biggest game in sports, the Super Bowl. We also get to talk to our very first interview of our podcast, the legend, Andrew Beto. Today's episode is once again brought to you by ourselves, Nico and Sid. Let's no get into it. Yet. Let's get no sponsors yet. Let's get into it. We're back. Another great year goes by. Niners don't have a championship ring. Super Bowl ends 25-22 Chiefs in overtime. Let's hear thoughts. Let's get into the bench report. Well, I, I would like to start off by talking about how Patrick Mahomes in his post-game interview just glossed over the fact that he just won another Super Bowl. He's already talking about Super yeah. Bowl, Super Bowl number four. That's a, that's a really badass move on his part. But uh, as you mentioned, Chiefs 25, Niners 22. Honestly, when the Chiefs were down 19 to 16, at the oh. end of the fourth, it was over. The Chiefs won this game. Giving Patrick Mahomes the ball with under two minutes left, you already know what's gonna happen, right? Yeah. What were your initial thoughts? I mean, I really, I was pessimistic the entire game. As a diehard Rams fan, there's, I don't want the Chiefs to win. There's nothing more in my heart that I want the Niners to lose though. So here I am, the new biggest Taylor Swift fan in the world. Um, we got a lot of screen time from her. That was exciting to say the least. I mean, the whole group of people we were sitting with were going bonkers every time Taylor Swift was on the screen. What is it, 13 times? Yeah, so Taylor Swift's lucky number is uh, 13. And guess how many times they showed Taylor Swift? 13 times. Guess right. where the ball went down in the last drive? The 13 yard, yard line. Wow, look at this connection. On here. rail. Yeah, uh, Taylor Swift, we all know that. Let's talk about halftime. We had Usher. What do you What did you think about that? Um, so cool. Usher got three uh, got married three days before the Super Bowl, um, and honestly, he was a little too too comfortable with with Alicia Keys. Do, do you agree? Yeah, there was there was a little bit of animosity there, but uh, you oh, know, I'm all, all around great performance though. There was some great dances, great costumes, um, plenty Lots of guests. Of, yes. Plenty of guests. Lil John came out. That was exciting. Uh, Vegas got what what they paid for, as the get-in price was somewhere over eight thousand dollars. So indeed, yeah, every person that stands paid the piper to come see Lil John. Who, who else? Who, who else did he bring out? Um, he brought out Ludacris, Alicia Keys, Michael. Um, made will it. I am? Well, will I am? Not yes. Michael White. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, dude, it was a hell of a halftime show, hell of a budget. I mean, this was a production, to say the least. Um, talk about a budget. Every one of these commercials that we're playing this year, for 30 seconds, for a 30-second time slot, $7 million. That is insane. We, I mean, it's the Super Bowl. Some people watch it just for the commercials. We, ha we have a little couple few that we thought were particularly interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, so I, I can run through them really quick. What was your so favorite? Um, so we, we, had, we had a couple great ones. We had uh, the Pluto TV commercial with uh, the potatoes. Um, we had the Etsy commercial um, about the Statue of Liberty and the, the cheese board in France. Great commercial. That was, that was great. Um, we had the, the Beyonce Verizon commercial. Yeah. Um, top, top, top tier commercial. But my all-time favorite commercial from this Super Bowl was the, the Doritos commercial with really? the grandmas and Jenna. Ortega. I really like the Pfizer one. Really? They were, yeah. With the uh, with the with Queen the, song. Like the art, yeah, yeah, that was super it was cool. it was awesome. But um, the the Doritos commercial was my my favorite. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back to the game really really quick. Just just to touch on some quick quick things really quick. Um, Patrick oh, Mahomes. Just how quick. 
What'd you say? Really quick. Yeah, really, really quick. It's going to be so quick. (laughs) Really quick. Um, Patrick Mahomes uh, wins his third Super Bowl MVP. 333 yards, um, two touchdowns, one interception. um, Also getting 66 yards on the ground with nine carries. Running for his life, per usual. Running for his life. Oh, yeah. Um, How did you feel when you hit that Patrick Mahomes rushing yards over? Oh, yeah, that was real. That was like... I mean, he's always running for his life. Jawan Taylor, I mean, the king of false starts. Um, it was a great game. And honestly, uh, there were a couple... It started really slow. There were a couple huge mistakes. I mean, we want to talk about our... We usually do a bench play of the week here on the bench report. We want to talk about our benched play of the game. By This is a new little bit we were discussing. We have the bench play of the week, which is usually saved for what is regarded as the most impactful, best play from... A player outside the spotlight, usually from the bench, or doesn't have to do with the game, whatever. We're pretty loose on that. The bench play of the game is what would get you benched. Yes, so the worst play of the game that would cause your coach to take you out and put you on the bench. You have headaches. Have you had a couple of those uh, benched plays in your career? No, we we, we have. That's why we're sitting here talking about it. Yeah. Do you want want to touch on your your own personal favorite bench play? From today or from me? From your whole career. No. No. Okay, no. Well, let, let me talk about mine really quick, really? and then we'll get in the Super Bowl. Um, our first game of my senior year, uh, Courtside Films was there. I get in the last five minutes. I get in, shoot two threes, airball both. Um, mm. And I end up on a Courtside Films episode, uh, YouTube video. Yeah. But um, in this do. game specifically, what was your bench to play of the game? Well, I mean, I feel like it has to be when the Rayler, Rayler McLeod muffed that punt. That, yeah. that changed the entire game. The Chiefs were down. Dude, that's a turnover plus seven yards of offense for the Chiefs right there. They go down, they score a touchdown. All of a sudden, you have a completely different game. I know damn well Shanahan is having migraines tonight just thinking about that play. And uh, Ray Ray McLeod, his future is kind of cloudy after that. <laughs> Come on, that was tough. I, I mean, okay. 100%, but I think that the uh, – I think it was number 28 um, – Daryl Luter Jr. It bounced off his heel first, and Ray Ray had to yeah. try to scoop it. So I honestly, I don't think it's Ray Ray's fault. I would blame it on okay. him. Um, but pick. but but my bench play of the game was Dre Greenlaw getting injured, walking off the bench. Yeah, off that the was field. okay. That was pretty rough. Yeah, I mean that probably made a big difference. Yeah, that that was a a pretty big play. He's the impact player and couldn't even get onto the field. Yeah, that says a lot about the Niners. Um. Rough. All right, so so our next um, little bit for this game, our um, best um, crowd shot of the game. What was your best crowd shot of the game? Best crowd shot. Okay. I, if we're going back to Taylor Swift, she got caught chugging a beer and slamming that thing. That was, dude, come on, that's legendary. <laughs> that's an all-time moment. Yeah, though, she's like. with, dude, Travis Kelsey's been rubbing off on, rubbing off on her there. Um, what, what about you? What, what do you have? Um, so my uh, favorite crowd or sideline uh, reaction shot was actually when Travis Kelsey was screaming at Andy Reid because he there. wasn't on the field for that one play. Um, I think it was a four, uh, it was a running play to the left, and um, the running back fumbled the ball, and the Niners got the ball. Um, huge turnover by the yeah. Chiefs, um, and Travis Kelsey was livid after the play because he oh, wasn't yeah. on the field, um, and he really took it on Andy Reid on that play. Yeah. Um, but yeah. but it's really funny because that really did not matter at all because the Chiefs still won inevitably. Yeah. Yeah. So what about? There's a lot of things that happen in the Super Bowl tonight. It's the Super Bowl. It's going to be talked about. There's a ton of huge plays that are going to be ringing on our social media for the next week. What are some of the plays from this game that nobody cared about? That like I mean, 
they were inevitably important, but won't be talked about for the next week as much as, say, the game-winning touchdown in overtime. Um, all right, so my best play from the game that literally nobody cares about um, is the Niners punted it. Um, great punt. And um, one of the return men, Chris Conley, downs the punt at the two-yard line, um, forcing the Chiefs to get a three-and-out afterwards. Great play by Chris Conley. What about you? Man, I mean, dude, there were a ton of outstanding punts from today. What about Chris Conley down in the punt on the two-yard line? That, I mean, that punters are deserve a little bit more recognition. They hold a special place in my heart, especially in Super Bowls where nobody scores a touchdown. I mean, the Chiefs didn't score a touchdown for like 14 straight quarters or something yeah, most in their postseason history. So I feel like punters deserve a little bit more recognition here. But so, so how about you pick a play that I, I didn't pick because I just picked that play, oh. Nico. It's been a long day. It has been a long day. Yeah. Um, was it, who was it? the Chiefs wide receiver on the last drive of the game? He caught the ball for a four-yard pass on a, on a hitch route. He ran forward. He was going to hit, and he had forward, forward progress, broke a tackle, ran backwards, lost four yards. It was an eight-yard difference. And, you, I mean, talk about sideline reaction, too. I mean, you, you had the entire Chiefs team. You cut to Chris Jones, Andy Reid, everybody on the sideline just, what in the world is he thinking? Unreal, yeah. Um, also, Harrison Bucker, this should be mentioned, um, Harrison Bucker um, hit a 57-yard field goal, which is the longest mm. field goal in Super Bowl history, breaking Brandon Aubrey's record in the same game, which is um, pretty insane. There you go. Um, any last thoughts like, on the Super Bowl? I feel like we need to talk about our bench play of the week. Yeah, I, I do agree. We will get to the bench play of the week after our interview. Um, really quick, though, last thoughts on the Super Bowl. What would you rate this game out of 10? First half, two. Second half, like nine and a half. Yeah. Like, it was I, great. I mean, I mean, agree, I, I, my seat. Yeah, I, I agree with you. What, what about our uh, What about our halftime show? What Where would you rate hmm. that out of 10? I don't know. I see. See, I think Dr. Dre, Eminem, Snoop Dogg, Fifty Cent, Mary Blige set the bar a little bit too high. Yeah. So Usher, I mean Rihanna even set the bar really high. Yeah. Um. Honestly, I think Lil Jon was the only reason I was so excited about this halftime show. So I'll give it like a, a solid seven. The production was great. Usher's a hell of a dancer. Yeah. I, I mean, seriously, like he's forty-five. Yeah, man. And he's he's still moving those he's hips moving like it, he's. Yeah. Like it's the early 2000s. I know. Um, no longer a bachelor. Yeah. Uh, what, what would you rate the game and the halftime show? Um, well, I think the game, like, uh, if you take the whole game as a whole, I would probably rate it around a 6 out of 10. Um, just because the first half really dragged. Um, but, yes, I, I would agree with your rating of the, the halftime show. Um, for, for the listeners at home, um, when Lil John came on during the halftime show, Nico almost peed his pants, and it was a great moment. Um, but yeah, that's our Super Bowl recap. Um, now let's get into our very first interview on the Bench Report. Welcome on, Andrew Meadow. Okay, we now welcome on a very special guest, our very first guest on the Bench Report, the legend himself, Boise State forward Andrew Meadow. Uh, now, before we start, Drew, um, last night my friend sent me this TikTok. Um, I just sent it to you. Um, for um, our podcast listeners, um, check out our YouTube because we'll put a clip on. But um, Drew, I want you to click on the the TikTok and give us your live reaction. I think I, I think I know what you're talking about. Is it the all red team? <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, okay, so what's your what's your official comment on that? I can't I can't tell if that's a good thing or a bad thing because like I know it's supposed to be on it, but I'm not sure if it's like good press saying that I look like I'm not good or I don't know what it's saying. But I mean, I guess it's kind of cool to see see myself on there already. You know, as a freshman. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty a pretty big feat. Um, all right, so before we get into the actual questions, we have a couple more. Um, we want we want to start off with some Idaho trivia. As a LA boy, I want to see how much you know about Idaho. Um, okay, so uh, what's the capital of Idaho? Boise. Okay, that's correct. Um, okay, is there over or under two million people living in Idaho? I want to say over. Is that, is that your final answer? Yeah. Okay, that's incorrect. The answer is under. There's it's about 1.3 million yeah, people living in Idaho. Man. I think we have more than that in like Santa Clarita. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, the last question is, what's Idaho's official fruit? This one's light. Fruits? <laughs> I'm not sure, bro. Okay, well, this was a trick question because I thought you were going to say potato, but it is a huckleberry. Um, uh, oh, I should have I said that. Okay. I, that. I just forgot. As long as you didn't say potato, we're okay. But, um, no, no, because I was thinking, I was like, it's potato with fruit, but I was like, that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, all right, Nico, you want to get in the first question? Yeah, so coming from West Ranch, obviously, I mean, star of the show, what's been the toughest part about the transition to Division One basketball and having to adjust to a new role? I think, yeah, just, I think that adjusting to a new role has been difficult at first, you know, coming from West Ranch, I was getting all those shots, playing the whole entire game, and then now, just in my role off the bench, it was a little tough at first, but I'm getting used to it, getting better, trying to just become a star in my role, and earn more minutes every single time I go out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, it's an interesting thing to think about. Like everybody from our team last year who like starts and like plays the whole game is now gonna have to like not play, not play at all, right? Because yeah. like, what's what's your minute count? Isn't it like around ten minutes a game? Yeah, right now it's like ten to twelve. In conference, I've been I think a little under ten, but last night I played a little a little bit more than my average, but. Yeah. Real quick, back in November, you had your season high 12 against VCU. Do you want to take us through that game a little bit? How you're feeling about that? Yeah. So I came in, we were down, I think, like three to like 12 or 14. So I just came in and I thought, let me just try to give us a spike of offense. So came in the first play, had a little layup, and then next play came down, hit a deep three. And then I started, I was like, all right, yeah. Like, but that was my first career three, too. So I was like, yeah, this is going to be my game tonight. So I just Feeling stayed it. in attack mode, kept going. There you go. Yeah, so how do you, like, pick your spots and kind of, like, make sure you're not doing too much um, that, like, takes away your minutes, but you still want to show your value? Like, how do you pick your spots? I just try to get to spots within the plays. And then if I can attack off the play, like, if, if uh, another team is cheating the play, they, and to just go the other way. Just try to, like, not force it, but, again, try to be stay aggressive and not be timid at the same time. Nice. Um, so our next question is, what's the best lesson you learned from high school hoops that's translated to college so far? I'd probably say just uh, learning how to work hard. You know, I didn't think we had a program where it was, like, we could just slack off and, like, do whatever we want. I think that helps uh, me prepare a lot for these practices. 
you know, I didn't come in thinking it was going to be easy. I came in ready to work. I think that's the biggest thing I took away from yeah. high school. So noticeable workload uh, difference, up uptick in in Boise since I West Ranch? I say yeah, but I also prepared myself for it, and I knew I was walking into it. So I don't want to say it was like a crazy shock for me, but I think if you don't prepare for it, it would be a very big shock. That makes sense. Is there is there something about high school hoops that you would say you miss the most? Yeah, I think just like just all my friends from last year's team. You know, I was close to everybody on the team. You know, like our Vegas trip that was so fun. Oh yeah, I miss all those times. Yeah. Um, sitting in poker. <laughs> oh man, that my Michael just like rigged that. That doesn't count. I know. <laughs> Um, so what was your favorite memory from your, your senior year season last year? Uh, I would say, yeah, the Vegas trip or make it open division. Even though we didn't end up winning, I think that experience just playing in the, in the top division, like, yeah, nothing is better than that, you know? Playing against Harvard Westlake, a sold-out crowd, and waiting to go to the championship, like, that was, those are just the best games in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then do you want to ask her a closing question? Yeah, I mean, it seems like if you're talking about crowds, Boise could have a chance to look to play in March in the biggest tournament yeah. in uh, amateur, like pro, pre-amateur basketball. Um, wh- wh- where do you think you want to go with that? Like, what, what, what are your takes on potentially getting to play in the, in the big tournament? Yeah, I think, I think we're, we're going to make it. You know, we've had a really good season so far. We're talking first right now in the Mountain West, which is the best conference on the West Coast right now. And, you know, we just got to keep taking it one game at a time. We have a big game Saturday against Utah State, which is where we're both tied for first. So that's going to be a big game. And I think we get that, keep winning all the rest of the games at home, going to come more on the road. I think we'll have a really good chance to have a good season in the dance. Yeah. Um, so what what is the one matchup that you want to see when you play in the tournament? If you pick one team you could play against like in the that. tournament. Which team would you pick? Um, so, Maybe so like Kentucky. Kentucky. Wow, that's okay. a that's a great choice. And, and what team are you scared of playing the most? Scared of playing? I, I wouldn't say I'm scared of playing any team. I think it could be any team. I like. Oh that. wow, that's I'll take it. boys against some brackets. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Last final question. Um. What are your thoughts on moving from LA to Idaho? Like, how how is that transition then? It's been cool, honestly. I mean, you know, it's a completely total different place, you know. Like, but Boise, the part of Boise and Idaho, it's kind of similar to Santa Clarita, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a little more quieter, not like as crowded, but it still like has that like city vibe to it. I, I like it, but it's definitely a big transition, of just like the people. Everyone's so much nicer here. Everyone's, you know, it's just different. But I like it. All right. Well, thanks for uh, hopping on our our show. And um, wish you the best of luck rest of the season. Appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yep. See ya. Thanks. All right. That was our interview with Andrew Meadow, my longtime teammate. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on. Um, To close out the show, Nico, can you talk about your bench play of the week? I mean, we have to. Personally, I feel like we got to go with Jawan Jennings' pass, I mean, touchdown pass from a wide receiver, becoming the second player in NFL history to both catch and throw a touchdown, joining Nick Foles, who, honestly to me, this kind of stat is kind of crazy given that the two people in it are from different positions, which you don't 
I guess, see a lot in yeah. these ESPN type stats. But Juwan Jennings, play after play, uh, the guy was probably the most valuable 49er on that field. Like usually you would say that's McCaffrey, but he even fumbled the first drive. So Juwan Jennings, touchdown pass, like yep. that's, that's my guy. And right there. putting him putting him in in, in the stats, um, in the history books with an all-time bench player of Nick Foles. Yeah. Um, my bench play of the week is um on um a play where um the 49ers have the ball in the Super Bowl. Um, Brock Purdy throws it deep into the back of the end zone to Debo Samuel. Um, incomplete. Legere Sneed is in coverage, trying to deflect the pass, doesn't get it. Still, his momentum is carrying him through the back of the end zone. Um, and there's a cameraman right there, and instead of running into him and hurting the cameraman like normally happens, he clean hurdle the cameraman. All-time move by Legereus Sneed. Error Legereus. Eric Legerius. Well, that's it for episode three of the Bench Report. Hope you guys enjoyed. Catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening. Yup.